Welcome to Orchestrated Relationships, a podcast studying relational value. I'm David Homan, your host. Years ago, I formed a community of people called Connectors, people who have an innate ability to build and maintain authentic relationships across their personal and professional lives, and who thrive on making connections. The community was formed out of a need to develop a system and a methodology to help relational value be valued. And the most effective way I've found so far is to champion someone else, which is why I have in front of me, Rachel Gerald. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. Rachel is the co-founder and CEO of Nexus. She serves on multiple boards, including Birthright. She's an advisor to Biden's It's On Us campaign to stop sexual assault on college campuses and founded an initiative to help Holocaust survivors living in poverty. Rachel, for all of those listening today who know who you are, the bio could last about 3,000 hours. <laughs> so I wanted to be brief and just ask you to focus on your community of Nexus and its impact. I'd love for you to give a little bit of context on the community that you helped build, and then we'll take it from there. Sure, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be considered a connector. I believe that we're all can channel our inner connector if we want, but some of us can't help ourselves. Uh, David, you included. So at Nexus, we're an international community of 6,000 members who come from the world's most influential families. And those are people from business families, political families, philanthropic families. But we also throw into the mix in our community really, truly inspiring young innovators. So the community is 6,000 strong, all with unique social value, whether that's political value, financial value, or the value in their own Rolodexes. I suppose young people don't say Rolodexes anymore, but I guess I might have just aged myself as someone uh, who still considers the term. <laughs> One day there'll be another term we don't even understand from contact book to be something like, no, no, um, my Rolodex is now defined as my followers, my Instagram oh, followers or something go. like that. I like it. The only reason I would never say followers is because I believe I follow them. Um, I'm more of the devotee to our members. I'm obsessed with them. They're creating change all over the world. And to think that they're my followers would be would be honestly the opposite. But I like the idea that we need a new word for Rolodex. Absolutely. So this is a community that's been around now for, is it nine years? Nine years this week. Happy birthday, Nexus. Happy birthday, Nexus. So when you think about what's happened from the early beginnings of this community, what's been amplified? What are some of the most amazing successes that have come out of bringing together wealth holders and social impact innovators for so many different conferences and events? It's a great question. You know, to be honest, uh, we never planned on starting a global movement. We planned on hosting one event at the United Nations and cold called the Forbes 500 list and said, would you send one member of your family who's under 40 to come see how they could make a difference? 350 people showed up and we could barely believe it. But at the end of the day, we patted ourselves on the back and thought, job well done. It turns out people stood in a line and said, how can we actually bring this nexus movement to our country? So in the last nine years, we've hosted 40 summits across five continents, done learning journeys to South Africa to look at species that are endangered and gone to Svalbard to look at climate change firsthand. So when I look at this community that was never meant to be, it truly is by the people for the people. Uh, if it was up to me, I would have done one great event, but I surrender to the beauty that is the community. And when they collaborate, 
there's nothing more magical. So our members collaborate in working groups around different issue areas, from human trafficking to film for impact to energy innovation. They are very active. And I could share some case studies if you want of how yeah, they're making love, a difference. I'd love to highlight two. Um, one of which is in the world of business, especially titans in business, the business leaders might not know each other or they might, but they don't necessarily collaborate. But years ago, a couple of Nexus members whose families all own hotel chains realized there was something more at stake than just the livelihood of those businesses. Why don't we start with that one? That's great. So yes, we had we had four hotel heirs, some of whose companies are public now, who got together to figure out how they could tackle the problem of human trafficking. And they realized that human trafficking often happens in hotels, and it's not being seen by the front desk. It's being seen by the housekeeping staff. So they worked together to see how they could amplify curriculums and incentives for housekeeping staff and other level people who are not at the top, at the front desk, at the concierge, to really identify and call out human trafficking where it's happening. We've also seen an incredible amount of our members taking this on through other hospitality brands like airlines based in Atlanta and even at some sports stadiums. So let's dig into sports next because something incredible happened actually didn't happen as part of the most recent Super Bowl. <laughs> um, why don't you talk a little bit about that? So that's exactly right. Something didn't happen that we, we, were, we were planning for for a year. So about a year ago, a couple of our members got together and had a dream. And they dreamed of a way that we could have the Super Bowl be single-use plastic-free because 22-some-odd million units of plastic are used and discarded during the Super Bowl. And to think that this beautiful American pastime that everyone has in their calendar contributes in such a terrible way to waste and to affecting the climate and learning myself that we each eat a credit card size worth of microplastics every week. These members decided to take it on full, full speed. And they went and worked with the Miami Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium to make this year Super Bowl the first ever to be single use plastic free. Absolutely amazing. It doesn't stop there, David. You won't even believe. We did a meeting for owners of other sports teams. Nexus members brought their parents. And we've already got almost 12 other teams and stadiums signed on this year in 2020 to remove single-use plastics from their stadiums as well. So what you're saying is the teams I should root for now are the ones that are helping the environment the most too. That's what we think. That's definitely what we think. Nexus for me is an amazing community that I'm so proud to be part of, but you are the guiding light of this community. And I know for everyone who's ever met you that they believe that you know the entire world. <laughs> so here's my question for you, and I'll ask it of you, then I'll talk about it with myself as well. Um, when people think you have everything you need, how do you ask for what you need without seeming weak? It's a great question. Um, I love that anyone might think I know the entire world. There's a, a proverb that says, uh, to save one life is to save the world. And I think to know one person truly is to know the world, um, because that person will make introductions to other people in genuine ways. And that's what you do so beautifully. And, and I feel like I follow in your footsteps. So how do I ask for what I need without seeming weak? I've never questioned if I felt weak. I always have approached the world from a place of abundance and 
genuinely believed that people are there to help each other. And that's why we're here. We're communal beings. We get energy from one another. So to ask someone, hey, could you make an introduction for me? Or could you help me get across the street because it's raining? I feel like that person was waiting for me to ask. And when people reach out to me and say, hey, can I uh, possibly get an introduction to a doctor that I need to see you might know, I go, oh, I've known them so long. I was waiting for someone to ask. So that genuine belief that everyone is there waiting and hoping, seeking an opportunity to help, even if they don't know it, I think has been what's really guided me. And you are 100% correct with this, but here's where I'd counter, <laughs> which is I found for people like us that have that entire graciousness and enthusiasm and passion to simply open up for anyone in need where people could find both value or reciprocal value. But that doesn't necessarily translate always into what we know would be the most important thing to move what our visions and our passions are forward. I am somebody who for many, many years, every week somebody calls me up and asks me to introduce them to somebody else who is a friend of mine, who is possible, possibly able to invest in what they do or get them to somebody extremely prominent that I have to protect my relationship with. And they ask in a way that is not necessarily saying I must do it, but implying that because of the virtue of our friendship, I should use my value for something they are doing. And what they do not do is define the impact or the value of what making that connection can be either for other people or for me. It's about them. And so when I think about you running a community that represents hundreds of billions of dollars of worth, yeah. that represents influence to a significant amount of the world leaders on this planet, including some of their children, that represents some of the most underserved and unrecognized innovators that need protection for their ideas to stay theirs, when influence comes in to take it and turn it into profit. That is something that you have to guard very, very carefully. And so when I go back to this, which is I think everyone I know asks me if you will have time to talk to them about something they need, for which I often say, that is something I will rather help with and I'll bring her in when it's relevant because you have thousands of people asking you but they're asking you for something they need, I find more often than coming and saying, what does Nexus need? How do we get to all of the sports teams? How do we get to all of the hotel chains? How do we get to all of the fashion brands? And this is something that I've seen time and time again with people of influence and power where everyone is looking up to them and not looking at their level for what they're still trying to achieve and coming in a way that says, I want to know what makes what you do be served better by what I can add to it. So when you're in conferences and events where you're speaking and everyone needs your time, how do you find that balance between being very respectful for what people need and also being able to respect the boundaries of this massive network that you have? I think that the secret sauce is in the first few moments of Nexus or any speech I ever give, where I ask people to turn to their neighbor and say, what's your passion and how can I help? And make sure that it's never a one-sided conversation. 
So when I turn to you, David, and say, what's your passion and how can I help? You respond. And then you say, Rachel, what's your passion and how can I help? And so I do the same in email intros, which I'm a big fan of the double opt-in. So I thank you for protecting me and everyone else um, from the onslaught of messages of, of how other people can be helped on their own agendas. Um, but when people do email and they say, here's my passion, here's the help I'm looking for, I say, great, I'd love to talk to you and we can share what our passions are and what we're both looking for and how we can amplify each other's work. And that sets the tone from minute one that we're here as equals, as partners, and as collaborators. And there is not something you're seeking to get from me. Um, there's something that we can do better together. So tell me quick, we highlighted two of the initiatives that Nexus is doing that will have a demonstrable impact on the world. What's another one you're passionate about that needs the most advocacy, resources, and connections to move forward? Right now, I would say it's the disaster relief situation in Grand Bahama. So Nexus is very instrumental, our members, I should say, in the days after Hurricane Dorian. And Grand Bahama had taken in many Haitian refugees. They have many more people on the island than they had houses, homes, or resources to take care of when the hurricane hit. And we're looking at 20 feet of standing water for an extended period of time. So if you know anything about engines, which I didn't until recently, every truck, plane, boat, bus, car was underwater and was out of function after sitting in water. So this is an island, along with Abaco, who needs to be in the press and in the front of our minds because there are so many people there who still don't have access to clean water, uh, consistent electricity, and they, in many ways, are forgotten because the nicer islands, um, I say nicer, more developed and more frequently traveler, traveled by um, holiday vacationers, have been preserved. So if we could all turn our attention to Grand Bahama and look as young Nexus members did, it would be incredible. The reason I say that people may not know what their passion is, but they're able to find it, they may not know the help you need, but they're able to offer it is because no one in Nexus or very few people were thinking about Grand Bahama around Labor Day. But when they heard they were in trouble, people were able to organize five Black Hawk helicopters for search and rescue relief to pull people off roofs. They were able to organize 22 private planes to do runs back and forth from Fort Lauderdale with water and medical supplies. And, and an armada of 55 yachts was catalyzed, bringing over generators and aid workers. But very few of those Nexus members, if asked, would ever have said in August that what they cared about was Grand Bahama. So it really speaks to my belief that everyone is here waiting to see how they can help and waiting to be asked and to rise to the challenge. So I hope that from this podcast, people will now be curious enough to Google and read about Grand Bahama, maybe use their social media to raise awareness for something that in a 24-hour news cycle is many months behind the cycle. It's amazing. I've had many of our friends, as you know, go there to volunteer as well. And as I spoke about in another podcast with my colleague Jenny, this idea of giving is not about giving because you feel you have to, but giving because it gives back to you. So I'm going to give you one of my favorite quotes. It is um, not that traditional a one and something I get made fun of by my wife frequently, <laughs> but I live by it. So... Years and years ago, to date myself, um, there's an old, old Simpsons episode <laughs> where you see a little young Ned Flanders running around like crazy. Okay. And he has these two hippie parents, 
and they decide to take him to the famous Dr. Spock. And they say, Doctor, you gotta help us. We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. And I look at so many people in this world that say they wanna do something or are afraid that they don't know what they need to do. And they are too proud to admit that learning is as important as knowing. Mm. They're too proud to understand that inaction is actually offensive to the world when you have resources, when you have means, when you have influence, when you have time. Because we sit here in New York not thinking about people that don't have enough because we have enough. But that more ab- than enough. More than enough. That, that abundance gives us a sense that the rest of the world is fine too. So I always go back to if we've tried nothing, if we've seen nothing, that it's not that there aren't enough ideas, it's that we're blind to them because we think it will take something out of us to help as opposed to thinking that it will actually fulfill us more and give us more grounding by embracing that. So that's one of the quotes I live by. Tell me about yours. I had one prepared to share, which now, based on what you've said, I think we should go a different direction. Sure. So this is one of my newer quotes that I am now reading each morning, um, and I think inspires me in 2020 when people are seeing disasters and people have very, very strong opinions about political views and what's happening in our country and the world. So this is a quote that says, do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break and all things can be mended, but not with time as they say, but with intention. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world awaits in darkness for the light that is you. And I believe we each have that light in us. And as we look externally for solutions, we should realize we need to be part of those solutions with other people committed to bringing the light into the world that is most needed. I love that. I was going to say I want that on a coffee mug, but it'd have to be a really, really, <laughs> really big coffee really mug. Big coffee mug <laughs> yeah. Enough that it actually would need to be a communal one. Right. That in we can order all for drink people to share of. it. Yes, exactly. Any final thoughts on Nexus in particular and upcoming conferences, impact values that you want to share? I want to end with gratitude. I believe Nexus is only as strong as the members who carry the spirit of wanting to help each other on their journey as collaborators. And I believe you are a shining example of that. And we are very proud to have you as our New York City Ambassador at Nexus. And we will host many summits this year from the USA Summit to the Asia Summit, to the Australia Summit, to the Middle East North Africa Summit, to the Global Summit at the UN, uh, to the Europe Summit, and I could go on and on. But it's not the summits themselves that I count. It's the people whose hearts and minds are dedicated to accelerating each other's passions. And you are one of those people in my mind. When people ask me, what is the best of Nexus? What is the secret sauce? The secret sauce is David Holman cloned. The secret sauce is giving your all to helping each other reach their dreams and reach beyond what they thought their dreams could even be. That's beautiful, Rachel. I don't think my wife would want any more 
of David Homan's in this world than just me. I think she's had <laughs> enough already. Um, but I will, I, I love serving as a New York ambassador. I think it was great when we realized I needed a title because I was wandering, wandering around the conference and knew everyone. <laughs> and I basically would say, I'm the person you find when you can't find Rachel. <laughs> um, and it's a pleasure to be part of this community, to be a friend of yours, and to continue moving this light forward for both of us and for the rest of the world. I can't wait to see what we'll do next and how many people will be part of movements that we will be in some way a spark in their fire to set ablaze the world with good. Great. Well, thank you for being on this podcast, Orchestrated Relationships. It was such a pleasure to have you, Rachel. Thank you. On my next podcast, stay tuned for the kick-ass gentleman, Chris Shembra, founder of 747, bringing empathy and togetherness through dinner parties. We'll close this podcast with an excerpt of my work, Asi, a violin sonata, movement one, for violin and piano. Thank you for listening to Orchestrated Relationships, recorded proudly at Smash Studios, edited by Stephen Bartlett. Stay tuned for our next episode.